It's that time again. America's favorite fan-centric podcast is about to leave the station. From memory lane to Awesome Avenue, be it sports, social, or otherwise, we'll explore it all together while trying to keep it on the road one trip at a time. So sit your ass down, keep your hands in the vehicle, and buckle up, bitches, because you just got on the fan bus. Welcome, everybody. Jumping on the fan bus. Here we go. Uh, We're going to take this thing on the road. We're leaving the station. We're going to explore everything fan-related. So fanatical, fandom, sports, social, entertainment, nuances, superstitions, you name it. We're going to cover it. So this is our uh, maiden voyage out of the station. So that's a celebratory event for sure. And I'm glad that everyone is here to join us. Everybody is new. I'm not going to say if you're new, welcome, because everybody's new. So if you're catching this, kudos to you. You are a number one fan for number one episode. (laughs) So today we're going to kind of shoot from the hip on a topic that I picked which is a sports-related topic for this particular first episode. I'm excited about that. Everybody knows this is mostly fan-centric, sports-related material. And so today, driving the bus, I'm driving the bus, right? Chris is my co-pilot, and our passenger extraordinaire today is Jeffrey Bowl. Hello, Jeffrey. How are you? Oh, super excited. This was uh, circled on the calendar the minute you told me about it. I can't. This is awesome. Can't wait. (laughs) So I picked Jeff. Like, for those of you who don't know, I'm going to tell you right now the background between myself and Jeffrey. Jeffrey and I are related. So the topic that we're covering today on the show, actually, I did this on on purpose. The topic we're covering on the show today is uh, sports families, families in sports you know, professional sports, well-known families. It could be uh, the homework assignment really was like, um, it could be siblings, it could be uh, parent and child, it could be owners, managers, whatever the case may be. That was our homework assignment. And Jeffrey happens to be, has always happened to be a sports fan. But as a kid, he was kind of a phenom. And we were talking the other day on the Patriot Sports (laughs) podcast. Not a lot Um, of two-year-olds do Roy Firestone impressions, but... There I was. (laughs) (laughs) We're talking about like um, Coach's kid, Cole. Well, um, Chris brought it up that he was just like a little walking encyclopedia. And I was like, that was my cousin Jeffrey for sure. (laughs) 100%. They don't want to compare that kid to me. That's for sure. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. So it was so entertaining, too. So I was like, absolutely. This fits the topic 100%. Like Jeffrey is going to be my co-pilot. And um, so the other thing that you don't know about Jeffrey is, of course, the fan bus, you guys, is part of the Patriot Sports family, right? And the Patriot Sports um, podcast and our fabulous, fabulous website that we started, um, Jeffrey, you are our first subscriber when we made the new page. Did you know that? So you're like... You're George Washington. Wow. You crossed the Delaware with us. That's so cool. You you were there when we signed the Constitution, brother. You just didn't know. Day one. It was so cool. So I was like, well, how do I mean, like, I don't know when I'm even going to tell him about this. I'll tell him someday, but it has to be monumentous or monumental. And it kind of is now, right? I'm like, well, Thanksgiving, I figured would have been. Well, (laughs) but this is great. That's awesome. I'm, I am very happy about that. I'm proud of that. That's cool. 
Good. I'm glad. That's cool. So, so I thought we could pick whatever you want off of the webs off of, in the merch store, and I'll send it to you, brother. Just tell oh, Angela what you want. Thank sweet. you. I Absolutely. Love free stuff. Anybody I love can get merch there. off of the website. FYI, so PatriotSportsNow.com. We have a full huge website there. So, don't I assure you, there will be some fan bus gear coming. Hell yeah! Maybe I should hold <laughs> off. Well, maybe, maybe you can have both. <laughs> So um, I, I thought we could just kind of dive in. But first, uh, Jeffrey, what which sports do you love? Like, let's talk about that real quick. Which sports yeah, don't you love? You um, <laughs> well, to some extent, I pretty much watch everything. Um, you know, even I love the odd Winter Olympic sports that pop out when we can get curling on for one of the few times. Oh, yeah. And I'll watch the weird, like, team handball and Summer Olympics and all those things that used to air on Bravo, like, 2 in the morning. Um Oh my god! I watch awesome. everything, uh, particularly, uh, definitely football, basketball, and tennis would probably be top three. Um, probably you in that were order. Huge tennis, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, speaking of funny, I was just you know, as my brain started spinning on weird family legacies. Uh, Jason, my brother, <laughs> my sister Jessica, and I were all at least two years, I believe, at number one doubles at our high school. <laughs> So that was kind of no a joke. funny oddball fact that uh, not like we were yeah. a dynasty by any means, but it was kind of funny how we each uh, were in that spot at some point. And it made me also think about how you can break that down to at your school. There's probably legacy families to some extent in certain sports yeah. and then certain colleges. There are certainly legacy families and then obviously in the pro leagues. So it got me uh, just thinking about a whole different range of things as we talk about sports and families that – People can even think about how it applies to them locally in their own towns or schools that they grew up in and can probably think of certain families that had a father that was good at something, that had a son that was good at the same thing, that maybe now has a grandson that's good at the same thing, right down the Totally. Totally. A hundred percent. And so, like, do you look at yourself as being one of those, like, tennis legacy hometown families at all? Because you probably (laughs) maybe don't, but I'm sure everybody else did. Well, as you know, we were one of the few to make it out of where you grew up, right? So we were first-generation Sacre immigrants, so uh, it's hard (laughs) to be a legacy at that point. But I hope hope we did our part when we were there, hopefully. I think you did. I really do. (laughs) Hold it down. um, So so legacy families. So thinking about that and, and how that goes and what's part of all of that and relating that to, like, would we you know, associate or follow up with like professional sports, right? Um, The reason why I actually thought about this topic was, I mean, with the uh, playoffs going on with baseball and the championships leading up to the World Series now, but it was brought to my attention or that I realized that the Phillies, the the Nola brothers, we're talking about the Nola brothers, right? So Aaron Nola is a pitcher for the Phillies, and his brother Austin is a catcher for the, the um, Padres, right? And so, Junior, you, you saw this probably, right? Yeah, and I thought they must be on better terms because I would assume he might plunk his brother every time he goes to the plate, right? <laughs> Like if, you know, a certain family, no matter what. Yeah, sure, it's the NLCS. I'm still throwing at your head. Yeah. That didn't happen. But did you see the weird fact that Aaron Nola has only thrown a handful of pitches over 96 miles per hour, of which like 80% are against his brother? They were. I saw that. Is that what you sent me? Yeah. 
It That's was crazy. okay. That's yeah. Wild. I know. I can see adrenaline going, right? Totally. So it was Seeing so funny. Brother to me, at the like plate. Yeah. And so to me, it brought up like the whole question of like when you're in a sports family, you have this probably have this super elevated, you know, condition of of like, I don't know, com- competitiveness, I would imagine. Mutual hatred, so, competitiveness. Yeah. But if you think about it, like, I'm sure they, they practiced together, they played together for fun. You know, even that alone, um, and when you are one of the best, you're just as good or or can be just as good or better than who you're playing up against, right? Like, you, you rise to who you're playing against. So these families who have super talented brothers, sisters, or parents who groom these kids, like right off the bat, you have an advantage no, right oh, off definitely. the bat. No pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> well, think about it too, like you're, you're assuming Aaron was throwing pitches where his brother being the catcher has seen everything out of his hand. You'd have to assume. There's no secrets at this point, right? It's not. No. I, mean, I would assume that he knows everything his brother's going to do. And totally. it, it just, it would be really tough to play at such a high level against your sibling, I would think, because there's nothing you can do that they haven't seen or don't know about. Absolutely. And I brought that up too when um, the Viking or the Packers were playing um, recently. So it was like Lafleur versus Lafleur, right? I mean, not that they're both head coaches, but I said the same thing. Like how, you know, how many aces do you have that they've seen already? And, you know, how does, how does that work? Kind of crazy, super crazy. Oh, definitely. Coaching too. I mean, the Harbaugh's going against each other in the Super Bowl where it's like, you look across the sideline, that. it's got to be like, what the heck are we doing? <laughs> Here yeah. we are. It had to make right. Christmas a little weird, I'd assume, but. Yeah, totally. I was, that was one of the ones I had on my list for sure. Like I figured like, oh, we can just hammer out, go down the list of the things that we wanted to talk about. That was definitely one of them. Like I, I think everybody was super excited about that. And um, one of the crazy things to me was like wanting to see everybody's actions and reactions versus who was winning or losing and how they were treating each other. And and their parents too, you know how that yeah, works. Their and, dad Jack was a college coach, so not like he was a slouch by any means. Right. And at the time <laughs> when he was coaching, it was likely that college was more prestigious than the NFL as a coach would go. So, you know, not to say totally. he could have made the NFL in any case, but he's obviously a very knowledgeable football mind. Watching his sons square off against each other in the biggest game in the world, that had to be a nice little pop of pride moment. I'm guessing. Yeah, totally. And I think sometimes too, like you hear where it's something that they, they're proud to see and excited to see, but that also they don't want to see it because they know one of them is going to lose, you know? And if you're a steward of the game, that's just part of the whole thing. <laughs> but it's kind of crazy, a weird pill to swallow, I would imagine. And I always, um, you know, the handful of times I coached, it was always reminding people, one team leaves the season happy ultimately in most situations, right? <laughs> There's only a handful of teams that end on a win, and it's very hard to be that last one. So there has to be a certain amount of, like, scope that you have to head into with it where, you know, my brother was unfortunate in the fact that he took second three times at state and fourth as an individual once. I walked in and was two for two on winning state, just fortunately on better teams than he was likely, or things were maybe a little different. But, I mean, he was so cool about it, but... 
the first thing I said to him being the jerk younger brother was I'm like, finally, someone got the right color medal in this family right to him. <laughs> and he did not punch me in the face. So speaking of siblings being nice to each other, he took the higher road there for sure. <laughs> right. There's probably a lot of that, right? Just like general razzing. I would love to sit in on family dinners of that sort. For oh, sure. <laughs> being yeah. a fly on the wall, some of that stuff would be a joy. Oh like gosh. I said, like the next holiday after that Super Bowl, you wonder like, what was that like? Do they do they talk to each other? Was it already oh water God. under the bridge? I just don't see Jim taking that well. <laughs> like, no. Period. Oh I gosh. just don't think so. Like spitting and screaming, <laughs> pulling his hair out, throwing shit. Like, yeah, of course. His Christmas present but was That's what I wanted good. to see during the, I call it the Harbowl when they played oh, nice. against each other. The nice. Harbowl, yeah. That's what I wanted to see. I wanted to see him. Well done. I love that. (laughs) Well, I have, I mean, I imagine that if Marshall were to be at the plate against you, you'd throw him a brush back or two. Just assuming. Oh yeah. I'd beat him. (laughs) I would totally hit him. I would totally hit him. He would expect it. He totally would. My brother would totally expect to get hit by a bitch. Actually, he'd probably egg me on. Like, you're going to do it this time? You're going to give me it? You're going to let me swing? He would. (laughs) Doing the come on. (laughs) (laughs) that sounds right yeah for real for real so um one of the other things i kind of researched when i was looking around too is like talking about like family members and how many in sports and how many like i didn't realize like the gronkowski family has a ton of people a lot of volume there right yeah right their their breadth and width is quite large and i didn't because they're not all famous like that's not something i know but it's interesting. Yeah. Also, too, um, one of the more famous families, and if you're a hockey fan, then, like, you kind of, maybe you know about, like, um, the suitors, right? So, like, they have, like, nine, they've had nine people in, yeah. in their family. Six played. brothers, six World Cups, or Stanley Cups, which, that's not yeah. too shabby, right? Like, that is in itself incredible. And what's funny is in the Madison area, the suitors are also a somewhat famous hockey family at the UW level, but also had three members play professional hockey as well. So theirs is with two T's. That's with one T, (laughs) but there must be something about that name that screams hockey good, like great hockey players. Right. Yeah. And the other weird one I thought of along that lines was the Granados coming through with Tony and then his sister with both of them being Olympians, both of them playing at the international level, Tony having an NHL career coming back to coach, but kind of again, like UW Madison royalty that also made it to the next level. And Tammy being probably one of the greatest women's players of all time. Yeah. At a time when, you know, women's hockey was kind of in its infancy. Right. Which is a big deal to be a pioneer in that way, for sure. Absolutely. That's super, super cool. Um, the other thing I was going to bring up, and it was regarding hockey. Oh, gosh. I lost my train of thought now. <laughs> That's so The funny. Hulls, obviously. What's that? The Hulls, a very famous hockey oh, yeah. family. A lot of goals yeah. between those three. The funny thing about them, so, like, I did a little bit of digging, up and um, – some of these, some of these sibling things have like really funny. Oh, I know what I was gonna say backstories, um, but I'll get back to that later. So when they were talking about um, when you're talking about the Hull family, right? So you had um, so it's a father son representation, right? The funniest thing that I found with them when I was looking at this was they were brought out um, onto the 
what do you call it? The Winter Classic. They were brought to the Winter Classic to do an aug, you know, like a, a ceremonial puck drop or whatever. Winter Classic, really big deal, right? So they can yes. pull these guys out on the ice. They're like all like excited, all 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 themselves, and um, they forgot to bring up puck. <laughs> it's like the whole moment I'm <laughs> was ruined. But old time hockey, eh, coach? Yeah, right. Oh, and that's another honorable mention, right? The Hanson Brothers, if we're going to talk about TV. Uh, TV well, that TV brings pop one. culture into the mix as well. Oh, gosh. So when you read down the suitors, Brian, Brent, Daryl, Dwayne, Rich, Ron, we're all brothers. Brandon, yep. son of Brent, and Brett, yep. son of Daryl, we're yep. all NHL players. <laughs> it's amazing. That, so. that is staggering volume. Yeah. So the crazy thing, too, like I would imagine there's like – uh when you're growing up, there's probably like a pecking order expectation. Somebody's better than somebody else. And maybe they have breakthroughs too, where somebody surpasses, you know, the other. Cause I think like when we talk about Serena and Venus Williams, like Venus was kind of always going to be the one I always thought like that was the perception. Yeah. And so, well, I believe, and I, and I could be wrong. Because I will probably get the tournament wrong, but I believe it was the U.S. Open, probably would have been circa 1998, where Serena beat Venus. And that was a real surprise. But I feel like it also really set the tone for the rest of their careers. Because Venus, being the older one, obviously broke in first. Yep. And her her success really was largely tied to how great she was at Wimbledon because her serve was basically unbreakable. And what's really cool with them, though, is obviously – it didn't look too contentious, but they also had a great doubles track record that yielded them now two Olympic gold medals and a lot of majors that they played together. So one of the few sports that it is a truly individual sport most of the time, yeah. but they got to partner in doubles. There's no teams. There's no free agency. They got to play whenever they wanted to together. And that's really cool. That's super incredible. It, and it the really McEnroe's is. were similar, I believe, later in John's career when he wasn't playing very competitive doubles uh, because, mm -hmm. coincidentally, John was also likely the best doubles player ever. I want to say in his career year where he won, his record was like 72 and 6, but his doubles majors, and I will just cheat and Google it rather than play guesswork. <laughs> just throw out some <laughs> random number, like who's going to check? But uh, there it is. Peter Fleming and him won 52 doubles titles, including four Wimbledons and three U.S. Opens. So I know that John was uh, – he didn't play with Patrick a lot, but I believe later mm -hmm. in their careers they did. But uh, Serena and Venus certainly did. And it yielded imagine. a lot of success, even though the tennis snob in me, the double snob in me, <laughs> kind of hates how they play <laughs> because they clearly <laughs> win just because they're so much better servers and can hit hard. Yeah. They have terrible doubles form. Serena particularly is a horrific volleyer. So <laughs> I often don't like watching them, but they had a ton of success and I also tip my cap to them for that. So I can't be right. too angry when that happens. Yeah. They win. So there you go. Even a sloppy, dirty win is a win. <laughs> right. The end justifies the means. Right. Totally. Um, so I strayed a little bit when we talk about sports and sports families and I pulled up um, – Ed Hockley, right? Oh. So as a ref, right? Everybody's beloved. I love him so much. Always did. A beloved ref. And of course, like passing the torch, he, de to he decides son. to retire 
gets and his son kind of takes, you know, we're passing the torch, his son takes the place. And um, one, of, one of the coolest headlines, funniest, funniest headlines I saw was um, from an Arizona sports. It says, ripped NFL referee Ed Hockley retires. His less shredded son earns a promotion. <laughs> Ouch. Sorry, you gotta hang out with your dad in the gym more apparently to get recognition. Ouch! Oh my gosh. So like, how do you like? How is that the next time you get together for family dinner? Like, His shorter, not as good looking son will be filling in. Right. Oops. Ouch! I prefer to be called by my first name than that, but hey. Oh my gosh! So funny, and um, so the support that you get as a family member, right, when you're winning from your teammate families members or on other teams or whatever or i think those families again you're at that advantage when you're going through the learning curves and the learning opportunities and sharing each other's um knowledge and sharing each other's talents and pushing each other but also to i think probably and i could be wrong because i didn't have a competitive sibling in that nature but i would imagine too like when you have a severe defeat of some kind it must be incredible to have somebody who can completely 100 percent identify with what you're going through and then just push you to keep like put it behind you and keep going i would imagine or at least just to have an ear that when they've been there and done that there's certainly there's more credence when they give you advice or you know they get it because even even just playing at the college level is so demanding and so difficult that to some extent obviously you can take guidance from people that have never been a professional player if you are one however Mm -hmm. i think there's certainly another level that when someone that's been there and done that tells you it, you instantly have more credibility. Totally. Like the Greg Popoviches in the world are certainly great coaches, but Doc Rivers, the day he was a coach, that minute, I think the players knew he was on their side. He didn't have to earn anything when you have a 15-plus year NBA career. Totally. Absolutely. Um, So – are there any? Are there, is there anything that you want to? And another topic you want to bring? I wanted to dive into like um, I don't want to say another topic, but another well-known genre of sporting families is, of course, like racing, like the race world, yeah. where you have like the Fittipaldis um, and the Andrettis, and of course, and then the like localer um, ones, the Petties, the Foyts, and the Unzers, yeah. where and, and to some extent, I feel like. That sport getting its roots bootlegging down south, and that was a lot more contained, where I think it made a lot of sense that the families grew from that because there wasn't a lot of money in it going on. So you needed to be able to work on cars. You need to be able to have the knowledge. So I think it makes a lot of sense that there's a lot of racing families that came up that way, similar to like the Hart family in wrestling, where yeah. it's like it's kind of a closed loop to some extent. Right. So when you have the know-how, I think it's a lot easier to – to vault people into success when you're coaching and everything is already so strong and so solid a foundation growing up. Yeah. If you're like Dale Earnhardt Jr., you're like in the garage while you're walking, like you're (laughs) slinging a wrench, you're, you know, doing all that before you can even get into a car and drive before you could even think of it. I'm sure. So a lot of time in the pits, probably for sure. (laughs) I mean, it's hard not to love the sport growing up around it. I would assume. Yeah, exactly. Totally. Absolutely. I was going to bring up the Von Eriks. Well done. I love the Von Eriks. My favorite wrestling family for sure. 
Yeah. Yeah. Which is great. It, well, go ahead, Chris. Talk about it. <laughs> the mysterious voice of Chris enters the enters the chat. Right. No, totally. <laughs> they were old school her. wrestlers from the South. Yeah. I just carry Kevin. There was a, I can't, I'd have to look him up because it was a long time ago, but they were definitely a family favorite of ours. That's awesome. That was back whenever there was one TV in a house and it had like three channels. Oh and we had to adjust the antenna for each one. <laughs> and when the Bon Erics came on on Saturday night, like we all got to come in the living room and watch it. That was a that was a big deal. And and then he said the hearts, and they're awesome. I yeah, I love the hearts. And then he and then he closed lo- into that conversation with Foundation, the Heart Foundation. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. And now Jim, the Anvil Nyhart's daughter, and continues the legacy on. Which and again, now we're looking at Generation Three. And it yeah. could go yeah. on past that. And that's pretty incredible in its own respect. Totally. And I'm, it's, is it crazy to you, Jeff, that, that that has been going for a long, long time? Well, how and about her trusting popular. Vince McMahon? <laughs> I, would, <laughs> yeah. I would assume that she wouldn't have been super excited to hang out with Vince McMahon after the Montreal Screwjob and really right? just the awful end of Brett's affiliation with WWF at the time. Oh my that God. being so tumultuous... I kind of thought it was a little odd that that's where she ended up with early on in her career. But to the same extent, that's still your most recognizable wrestling. I mean, that's far. where you get paid, right? Exactly. <laughs> the biggest contracts, the NFL to the CFL. Yeah. There's a few and you zeros Vince before the decimal right. point. Yeah. There's, yeah. And there's I'm an sure. Extra comma. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> I knowing the McMahons, I you know I don't know the whole story behind that, but they you know they're about the money. The biography. If you want the money, you got to go shake their hand. So the biography of kind of well, there was there as actually another special with specifically going into that, but but Bret Hart's biography really talked about how they didn't feel like Bret was going to leave the belt when he went to WCW, and everybody knew it was coming, and Shawn Michaels <laughs> was the guy that just didn't care. And he would do anything, right? And he was at a pretty right. bad place in his life where he's like, I didn't really care if I screwed over Brett, be it in Montreal, being it in Canada, <laughs> in his backyard. The Everything about it was so dirty, but Sean was like, I just didn't care. He's like, I just, yeah. I was the guy to do it because I didn't care and I would do it. And the other weird part is The Undertaker was kind of like in the bowels waiting to make sure they could get the belt (laughs) just in case things went bad was the story. So it was weird, but it kind of broke down that Vince McMahon and Shawn Michaels kind of were like, well, we need to do this. And they kind of got the referee on board to do the quick count and tap Bret Hart out, even though he never did, and obviously just ran away. And then Bret spits at Vince, goes in the back. Knocks him out with one punch, and that's, that was his severance with WWF and on to WCW. And sadly, tragically, he was injured very badly by Goldberg very early in his WCW career. He did not earn near the amount of money he was entitled to. So that's always been a really sad story. Goldberg injured his neck, and uh, just yeah. Goldberg gets a lot of guff for being a really ugly technical wrestler. He never knew the basics, and he actually really seriously injured Bret Hart. So that's really on him. That sucks. Yeah. For sure. So, yeah, like, uh, that's another realm I wanted to go down, too, was, like, talking about, like, injuries and deaths and how how when that happens. So, like, obviously, Thernhearts would be a good example of that. Yeah. Um, when that sort of a thing happens, like, how do you go on? But when it's all that you know, like, that's 
that's what you do. Um, and, and I can't imagine how... The other thing I found actually too, and I was like really, really got off on a tangent was I was like spores, what kind of thing, like entertainment, whatever. And I ran into the... Do you have the Walendas, right? The flying, yeah. like the great Walendas, the flying, flying Walendas. And so... I don't know if you want to call them a circus act, but they were for a very long time. And Seems fair. Yeah, right. Exactly. Tight rope walkers. And so they just were like, they were, I can't, I went, I couldn't even find like their, their whole, they have this whole family tree. I, I couldn't even really follow it. It was crazy. There's tons and tons of people, the whole family, blood relatives, married spouses and into the family and generations of um, these people who, just keep doing what they're doing and dying and they keep on going and, and doing it and dying and doing it and dying. And I just can't, you know, that sport or whatever you want to call it, it's a sport, you know, seven generations right. strong of these people who are doing what they do, dying, doing it. And they keep on going. I did not just, know about the fatalities. Oh, it was mind blowing. Well, I counted six before I stopped, oh but gosh. I was just like, good gravy. That's was, nuts. I know. I know. And it turned into a big dumb thing. And then they were blaming each other for one specific event. And, you know, somebody was Ooh. sick and didn't say that they were. And then it was like, I'm like, oh, this is definitely family drama. Like, this this is the one thing I probably didn't hear about. And now I'm finding oh my it. gosh. And those people aren't bulletproof either. Like, <laughs> famous people, wow. they have problems. <laughs> no. Clearly oh before God. social media. <laughs> Oh my gosh, right? It was. They started in the 40s, actually. Oh my goodness. They started in the 40s and they're still going today. Like, actually, um, Nick wow. Wanda in particular. Then the other part I thought was kind of funny was um, Nick Wanda. Well, it's not funny. It's, of course, it's interesting. Birds of a feather flock together, right? And his wife is from a trapeze artist family, totally unrelated in a different country. So, yeah, it's in your it's blood, like I guess. And wrestlers marrying other wrestlers where it's like, well, when you travel 95% of the time for your job and that lifestyle is its own self-contained animal, you kind of have to find your spouse in it. So I imagine circuses are the same way, right? You're traveling with the same group of people. You aren't dating outside the loop most likely every, you know, new city every two, three days. (laughs) That makes things tough, I'm sure. Right. Not since Tinder came out. Now there's a flying trapeze artist in every city. <laughs> in the Walenda tree has a lot of branches all of a sudden. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's so funny. Or, you know, maybe Bumble. Who knows? Whoever whoever wants to sponsor you guys will support. Our, we'll fix it in post. Our new, our, our new venture to, like, independent wealth is Tinder for trapeze artists. <laughs> Only. The circus is in town. Fire up trapeze Tinder for all your trapeze artist needs. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> Oh my god! We're on to something. <laughs> Fantastic. So, did you or do you have another? Do you have one to go, or I have another one? I can tee up another one. Right, oh man, tee one up. Keep, you want to tee one? I up? will. The, the one that I just casually mentioned because I'm a tennis nerd was Peter Corda having two daughters that were professional golfers, then his son Sebastian being a professional tennis player is kind of a unique one where two daughters playing one professional sport, his son playing the one that he played. But yeah. pretty good genetics, obviously, needless to say, regardless of, of of the – but, I mean, his daughter Jessica, I believe, was the number one player in the world. Uh, and then, obviously, Sebastian's not there, but he is one of the better players in the U.S. He won the Junior Australian Open, and 
I think he's going to look forward to a really good tennis career. Uh, he, they really didn't have him playing a lot of matches, and now he's finally ramping up his schedule. So I expect mm-hmm. success to follow. That's awesome. Yeah, I think what, what you know when it's in you, the drive and the discipline, and and the 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 schedules. Like if you remember what it was like when you guys were in sports. I mean, there's the three of you in your house doing your sports, <laughs> one bathroom, twenty different directions, <laughs> all in one day, and like the, the adaptability, right? To be able to be adaptable, and um, and adhere to those crazy weird schedules and the discipline that tra- I mean that translates. It's a way of life and a mindset. So it, it maybe doesn't matter what sport you're doing if you latch Oof. onto one, and put your time and so that's cool to hear about a, a split oh yeah a split sport family and three of them right? the same story it's like all three are <laughs> high level professional athletes that's wild and again had to be a juggling act growing up for sure and and sebastian yeah. or i'm sorry peter Corda's wife was also a professional tennis player i'm going to destroy her name but it was regina rachiktova um was a former uh, tennis player you. for czechoslovakia so <laughs> I apologize that I butchered that, Regina. Uh, Sorry. (laughs) But I tried. And I wanted to give you your your just due. Just like Stefan Seth Curry's mom was a great volleyball player at Virginia Tech. She was. Dell was. (laughs) Yeah. I saw this clip when I went down this rabbit hole. I saw this awesome clip of – it was like it looked like a pregame shoot around or something like that, and um, Steph was like out there, just you know, they're just diddling around. And um, Dell was he was wearing a suit, and he was over at the scorers table, and a like a ball just bounced over at him, kind of. He just he was like, "What the heck?" Picked it up, turned around, and shot like it was like half court off the court, like it went right in. And Del, Del had and, range. Yeah, and Steph was like, no way. Like, he was, you could see, like, this. he was, like, proud. He was, like, laughing. He was like, of course you just did that. You know, like, that's my dad. Yeah. I mean, Dell being a quote-unquote sharpshooter in those, like, mid-80s, early 90s when it was hand-checking, it was, it was a whole different world. Yeah. And those were just different times when today's NBA is totally different, but Dell was a great three-point shooter at a time when that wasn't a thing like it is now, you know? Right. Like he was like, he got yelled at OG. for pulling up for three. <laughs> that just wasn't, this wasn't something you did. Yeah. So how cool is that to have like your dad as your, you know, like, oh, my dad's my hero. He provided for my family. You know, like a lot of people, their dad is their hero, but also like his dad is like his mentor hero, probably. So cool. <laughs> oh, it's wild. And again, like you imagine that the coaching from from Dell early yeah. on that shot was formed at who knows what age, but right. clearly it stuck. And and not to discount, you know, I'm sure, you know, Steph's the more famous one. Seth's also an NBA player, quality NBA player, but I can't fathom the amount of shots that Seth's put up over the years, right? <laughs> like right. both of them, but but Steph, I mean, a thousand yeah. a day <laughs> for right. how many days? For how many years? Yeah, it's so earned that- too, but. It can't hurt having that, a having a dad that knows. Yeah, and so that's another thing too is like that parental pride. Like when your kid becomes the guy or does the thing or wins the trophy or you know whatever sport. I'm just saying in general, you know, like what that must be like, or to watch them go into the Hall of Fame. Like one of my favorite clips was to watch um, Holly Long when he got super crazy teary about you know about Chris, um, Chris and, and, and we were talking about both of his sons, but like. I was like, that's such raw emotion because he knows, like, he was there for it all. You and know? how he is so a polished cool. TV personality too, right? He's not a, he's yeah. not new to the microphone. So 
That's a great right. point. You knew that wasn't rehearsed. That wasn't staged. No, not at all. Not at all. Um, <laughs> which is awesome. That was a very cool. And it's neat for us as fans to be able to get glimpses of that and to kind of just get little morsels of what that must be like. Because I will never know what it's like to be a professional athlete. I will never know. And it's, it's like this weird realm of like, it's mysterious to me. And I love getting tidbits of all of it, the triumphs, the tribulations, um, the part process. of my nature. But yeah, I think we all kind of latch onto that. Um, one of the other funny things I found too was, and this was pretty recent, obviously, but when, um, th- this is a funny thing. I think it's hilarious. When um, John Runyon was fined by his dad. <laughs> Like, it's like, it's just the whole idea of the story of it. So like, John Runyon, of course, like, pays for the Packers, and his dad was in a position. And, and so he, like, finds him for, like, unnecessary roughness, right? And he kind of didn't even know what was happening, and he gets this fine issued to him by his dad. And then, of course, you know, people are like, oh, is that ethical? And, you know, would he ever find him if he had to? <laughs> Apparently he did, right? And a scolding, um, and a finger-wagging and scolding followed too right right so like when you get home or you're again at the next family holiday you know it was a or you get that phone calls that like look here you little shit you know, like, like what I told you, you doing? Like, i told you what to do you're yeah, better right? than that we've been through this you know this is your you knew the consequences sixth grade all over again john here we are <laughs> right right and now you're ground. Oh wait, he's like talking about how he's grounded, but he's not grounded. <laughs> <You know? laughs> the lessons never stop, is what <laughs> the parenting. So, like, what know the best part of that story is that he's appealing it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I wouldn't want to pay it, frankly, right? Like, it goes to charity. It's all great, but I mean, I I would too. So, and also, the, right. I mean, the players' union does it for you. So, like, you pay the yeah. dues. I, I would totally do it too. <laughs> right? You want to open up a checkbook? Like, you don't have to. I don't think so, Dad. <laughs> That's what so. it was. It was a sheet of paper that said, I don't think so, Dad. And he signed it and sent it in. That was the appeal. Yeah. <laughs> right. Signed Epstein's no, mother. <laughs> <laughs> Try again. <Funny>. Next. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. But that's the thing. It's like I, I get – I would appeal anything. The union's there for you. I I understand that. Like I would yeah. never just openly pay. I would I would always appeal everything. Right. <laughs> Maybe Not I'm just going to bad of that Not way. Today. Right? Not to open up that wallet for nothing. You don't own me. Earn that fine. You sign my paycheck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Maybe I wouldn't fight everything, but – yeah, so there's just countless, countless, countless really awesome stories about all the I, – I, and we could go into this all night. I guess honorable mention would go to Secretariat, right, and, and the bloodline. That, <laughs> I was that was a good like, one, horse, too. Horses don't seem fair where it's like, yeah, um, how they're producing their <laughs> offspring seems a little bit like cheating, where it's just <laughs> – right. right pipettes going out to all these places all over the world for $200,000 a pop, siring right. horses everywhere, like – I felt like that's a, that's just cheating. It's kind of like prostitution, too, sort of. I mean, maybe we should get off that bandwagon. <laughs> it's going to a dark place here? all of a sudden. I think that's illegal in some countries. I'm just saying. You hope so. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Totally I funny. think the, uh, the, the, the pending one, too, is like the Mannings with 
Archie being like, yeah. Arch is like the heir apparent Arch. now. That's going to be yeah. a freshman next year at Tennessee. And it's like, boy, is he going to be the third generation of professional quarterback? That would be unprecedented. Oh. And there's no pressure there on him, I'm sure. <laughs> Right. And that was the, uh, this was a great conversation that I, no, no pressure kid, but, um, but what a fun, fun loving family too. I mean, like it probably is a low pressure situation, but I can't imagine all of the resources that must go into nowadays, especially like maybe not like when the Ripkins were in their heyday, like those maybe a little farther back, but, but even so maybe then where, you know, you're getting just little weird tidbits and nuggets and you get to have a you know, a batting practice with your uncle, you know, I don't know, pick any, pick any player or pitching practice or, <laughs> you know, where you yeah. get to hang out at the weight room and watch what they're doing. And I, I can't imagine the advantage that must go into all of that. And so when I look at an individual, independent, you know, athlete of just un, unbelievable talent who doesn't come from a, a, a family like this and it's rare it's cool to have a whole family but like i have a bigger appreciation now for people who are just like the regular person who just came up you know like it's oh, rare yeah. and cool that you have families but like what an advantage they kind of have on accident certainly because <laughs> the know-how i mean every level you progress is a whole nother learning step and that you yeah. know from high school to college from college to the nfl it is getting so much more specific. So, you know, my friend playing at Minnesota State for football, and he was like, you would not believe how much more intensive the learning process is where we dissect every step of my route, when I make my breaks, all that footwork, and the breakdown of how much more specific it was than the training he received in high school as a wide receiver. And I'm like, that makes sense, right? right? In high school, you have maybe five, six coaches that maybe some of them maybe played in college. A lot of them maybe played at the high school level and they stopped. And they're responsible for teaching you at the college level. Typically, you're going to have college athletes or potentially NFL athletes, and they're going to be your position coaches. And also, as the sports progress, so much more knowledge is happening that they pass along that – at a younger age, you're getting more specific knowledge and coaching than ever before. And and the privatization mm-hmm. of sports where, you know, nine-year-olds playing AAU basketball wasn't a thing when I was growing up. Oh, my gosh. And now right? that's fairly common. <laughs> so it's it's the very different it. for sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's evolved quite a bit. And Quickly. it's fun to see I can't imagine where it's going to go, um, but it's all part of it's all part of the magic, as they say. <laughs> yeah. So, is there anything else you want to discuss before we pull this boss back into the station? No, uh, I, I feel <laughs> I, don't, I don't. There's like the Gracies of of the kind of like judo wrestling world and UFC world that oh, I feel yeah. like deserve a tip of the cap. Uh, totally. I kind of like thought, and this isn't like I felt like. More so like fathers and sons, more so than like a bunch of siblings. But there's totally. so many that I didn't want to like list off a bunch of them. I wanted to focus on the ones I thought were fairly unique in that, where maybe it right. was three generations or – but I mean, there's something to it for sure. <laughs> like you said, yeah. be it the coaching, be it just the legacy, the the working uh, – genetics like who knows where it all mixes together but there's something (laughs) to it where it's repeatable generation to generation i agree a hundred percent totally it's fascinating i love it and i think everybody has their favorite 
you know, father-son duo or brotherly duo or, um, and I would love to hear about that actually. And so this is my opportunity to invite everybody um, to share that because the fan bus is all about um, sharing fan um, likes, dislikes, stories, nostalgia, all that kind of stuff. So to get onto, you know, the Patriot Sports now.com and go into the forum and share all of that because I would love to know or stories related to those people like this is the kind of stuff that I think people get excited about it, it's what turns my sports fan wheel for sure like I I just love everything about that so I think oh, everybody absolutely should that. great idea so, and for me uh, being a really young kid when Ken Griffey Jr. broke in him and his yeah. dad hitting a home run in the same game is what I always oh draw to when I think of like the really cool Huge father-son moments where it's like man now we're seeing lebron try to stretch out that nba career so he can play with his son that would be super cool epic right every sports fan loves stuff like that crazy crazy love so great yeah and um one other one related to that actually too is like tommy lasorda was um he coached mike piazza who wasn't his son but it was his godson right so that's kind of interesting and like the 178th round draft pick of the Dodgers too didn't right. didn't arrive with a lot of fanfare, but became the greatest power hitting catcher ever. So oh and great highest pull paid there. at one point too. Yeah, <laughs> when he went to the Mets, that guy got the bag. I mean, <laughs> oof, that's when baseball just blew up. Where you know Albert Bell and those power hitters started getting those like you know six year 120 million dollar contracts. Mo Vaughn and you were just like, wait, what? Right. And then the NBA was like on? Garnett, Juwan Howard, that young crap. Just, oh gosh, it was a wild time to grow up for me because that's when like athletes were getting paid really good money, but right. that became superstar money. That was like pop star money. Like they were making more than rock stars all of a sudden, you know? <sighs> right. And didn't you think like when they got those big deals at first, you're like, whoa, this is crazy. Like that's a great, oh. crazy deal. But you kind of didn't yeah. think it was going to explode. Like it was like maybe a fluke. Like, oh, yeah, to level out or – I mean, I, I just didn't it's think It's going to ruin the franchise. <laughs> the billionaire owners can't write those checks. I mean, oh, my God, what are they going to do? <laughs> That's why, you know, I, I never side on the on the side of billionaire owners when it comes to sports labor agreements. I never – I'm right. like, just pay the players more money. It's simple. It's always simple. Jeez, Jeff, when you say it out loud like that. <laughs> yeah, that was a weird pivot. Seems like I had an agenda this whole time, doesn't it? <laughs> It's as ridiculous as what it sounds where you're like, yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. Never feel so sorry awesome. for the owners, ever. Right. So I guess we're going to pull this bus into the station. And um, Jeffrey, I want to thank you for joining oh, me on my inaugural you. maiden voyage on the fan bus. And I, I would hope you will join us again sometime. Yes, maybe. Oh, gosh. Anytime. Right on. Anytime. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> Absolutely. He's like, I'll be ex- passenger extraordinaire anytime. I love it. And you know so, what? I can I can speak in different voices if we need to sound like other people, I guess. Whatever you need from me, I'm here. I'm, Impersonations? I'm, here. I'm totally <laughs> exactly. down. Any, any, any of the above, you got it. <laughs> Maybe that could be fandom impersonations. I can make an episode out of that. That sounds like fun to me. <laughs> well, that's so a deep everybody, rabbit hole we might dig down. <laughs> 
Thank you for joining us on our inaugural journey. And again, go to PatriotSportsNow.com and you can comment in our forum. You could definitely rate this podcast. You could review it. You could comment it. You could tell everybody that I'm a crazy bitch. You could say that this is a lot of fun, but you wish I would talk about X, Y, Z, whatever you want to talk about. That's why we're here. And um, that would be a wonderful thing. So until next time, get your ass off the bus. We'll talk to you later. Sadly, it's true that all kick-ass adventures must eventually come to a close. But rest assured, this will not be our last. Thank you, friends, for riding the fan bus. Now gather your belongings, throw out your trash, and promptly make your exit. And wait patiently for our next fan bus adventure. The fan bus is part of the Patriot Sports Radio family. Join our community where you can find more of what's kick-ass by visiting us at PatriotSportsNow.com. Until next time, everyone, keep it on the road.